Good evening, everybody. Uh, tonight, for the B. Brownback US podcast, we're going to learn about VMware integrated OpenStack using NSX. Our presenter tonight is Nathan Ness at NVP Nathan on Twitter and I think as well on GitHub. Um, Nathan, if you just want to say hi, I'll cover some of the housekeeping things. Hi, everyone. There's Nathan. So some quick notes. Uh, remember, uh, everybody's signing up for VMworld 2016. Remember that uh, VM Underground and B. Brownback have an awesome event before VMworld uh, Tech Talks and the VM, VM Underground Party. Go ahead and check out those websites. Remember to get in on the conversation. Uh, the Twitter hashtag at uh, uh, hashbbrownbag we're monitoring that if you have any questions, if you uh, don't are not able to use the presenter interface, you can go ahead and comment or shoot any questions through there. Uh, there's also our B Brown Bag uh, handles, not only for the US show, but for Latin, EMEA. Uh, we have an APAC one that I just forgot to put in there. And uh, there's our schedule for our shows. Remember, we are a global organization. We have um, shows almost every week, sometimes every other week. Well, finally, I already introduced our guest. My name is Ariel Sanchez. Uh, that's my Twitter handle. Uh, I accept any and all feedback since this is my first time presenting, so be gentle. I'll now uh, switch presenter over to Nathan. Thanks, Ariel. Sure. All right, I see you, and I'll make sure to mute myself. Okay, thanks a lot. Um, so my name is Nathan Ness. I'm from the Networking and Security Business Unit at VMware, and today I'm going to talk about VMware Integrated OpenStack and NSX. I'm going to just run through a few slides to talk about kind of the solution, give you some context on what I'm going to show later, and then uh, what I'd really like to do is spend a lot of time in like the demo environments and and make this as uh, interactive as possible. So uh, with that, we'll go ahead and get started. So, quick agenda here. We'll talk about you know uh, the contributions to the OpenStack community that VMware is making, uh, the perception that VMware has to overcome inside the the OpenStack community. We'll talk about some OpenStack use cases. Uh, what is VMware Integrated OpenStack? And then the the NSX workflows uh, inside of OpenStack. And then we'll jump over to some demos. So uh, in the community, in VMware's involvement, you know, we're typically in the top 10. We're not necessarily you know, first or second, but we're, we always linger in the top 10 for, uh, for contributions back to the community. Um, and then uh, this is for the Mataka release. Okay? So we do continue uh, to contribute to the community uh, all the way back to uh, uh, the Havana days. And so we are active in, inside the OpenStack community. So the perception that we have, and if you you've probably heard this before in in either a tech talk or something, but it's always like a versus, right? And and that's the perception that VMware uh, has to change, right? And and what we have in reality is more of like if you want to use VMware uh, underneath OpenStack, that is perfectly supported, and we actually have our own distribution. A lot of people uh, in even the VMware world don't necessarily know that we have our own OpenStack distribution. And we'll get into what that looks like. So what is OpenStack? So typically, we have some application developers that have a series of tools, whether that be uh, Git, Chef, Jenkins, or some type of CI-CD pipeline, or some type of automation tools for infrastructure uh, or application development. And they want to use basic primitives uh, of infrastructure, uh, such as the compute network and storage. Right, and so when they see this from an OpenStack perspective, OpenStack provides that ecosystem for those tools, and it gives them a framework providing infrastructure APIs uh, and gives them direct access to the infrastructure. Right, and so now we have an ecosystem of tools uh, that the app, de app developers can use, and then we give them that vendor-neutral API uh, from OpenStack that can consume infrastructure underneath that. So this gives them the ability that they can provision, 
They can scale up and scale down. They can provide uh, application and infrastructure updates. Uh, and this is some of the stuff that you'll see inside of the, uh, the demo environment. And so when we look at use cases here, we want to, uh, you know, typically we see high churn environments such as dev, build, test, or CICD, which you may have heard of, which is continuous integration, continuous development, or continuous deployment. Uh, repatriated VMs from a public cloud is a big use case. Uh, if you're using AWS today and you want to bring that back into a private cloud, uh, OpenStack is a very valid alternative to that because it provides some of the same infrastructure primitives and the same or synonymous API calls uh, that AWS uses. So what OpenStack isn't, and this is kind of the, what we see out in the community here, it's not a open source hypervisor. Right? When I say that I'm going to use OpenStack as a hypervisor because it's free, well, OpenStack itself is not a hypervisor. And that's the same thing from a network and a storage platform. Right? What OpenStack is is just a framework to consume infrastructure. Uh, it gives them that vendor-neutral API for those third-party uh, and development tool sets. Right? And so it's architected as basically vendor-neutral and gives the um, customer choice from an infrastructure perspective. Right? So inside this framework here from a Nova, Neutron, and Cinder perspective, and these are the different drivers that uh, correlate to the compute network and storage underneath that, there's 3,000 different combinations of those drivers. Right? And so this becomes very complex when deciding on you know, choosing the different components underneath that. Um, and when you're using vSphere as a hypervisor, this automatically kind of abstracts that because you're using the vCenter driver, which uh, automatically abstracts your storage. Uh, and your compute, because that's actually now one driver. So I don't need to search for a specific driver for storage, because if it shows up as a vSphere data store, I can consume that inside of my OpenStack cloud. Right? And so we provide a vCenter plugin inside of, uh, inside of vCenter to consume that from a compute perspective. And this allows you to take advantage of some of those things like DRS and HA and some of the infrastructure primitives that are you know, build resiliency in, inside of the platform rather than having the um, you know, third platform where the, the resiliency is built into the application. Okay? So that's where we get into what is VMware Integrated OpenStack. So when we look at this, it is OpenStack. You know, this is a distribution from OpenStack. It's called DEF Core Compliant. Uh, this is going to be DEF Core Compliant for Kilo. Uh, th this is basically a set of tests that are ran to basically prove API compliance for the distribution to get the, the OpenStack logo uh, stamped on your distribution. Right? So it's not a proprietary distribution. We don't VMwareize the distribution at all. We provide the same APIs that any other distribution would provide uh, under the DEF Core compliant logo. Okay? We pre-configure the drivers and plugins for VMware infrastructure technology. And what that means is we package this uh, in an OVA and when you deploy it inside of your infrastructure, you're basically run through a series of questions um, that you'll fill in IP addresses, port groups, uh, you'll point to NSX, you'll, you'll add in some additional authentication information and hit finish. And this is something that I'm going to demo here shortly. Um, but once that's done, it's going to actually pre-configure these drivers for your infrastructure. So it'll pr provision vCenter for uh, the vSphere portion, it's going to configure NSX for the networking portion, and then it can consume any VMDK or any data store inside of that, whether that's VMFS, NFS, or vSAN. So any data store that shows up inside of your uh, ESXi host, we can consume that for Cinder uh, and glance volumes for storage. Okay? A lot of people don't know that it's free with uh, any vSphere Enterprise Plus license. Uh, so if you have an Enterprise Plus license today, you'll see this in your My VMware portal. So you can go download this and, and you know, test out the deployment. Uh, I'm going to show you the deployment here in a second, and then we can go from there. So a couple of things from an NSX component standpoint, because I, I will be showing VMware integrated OpenStack with NSX. And so I just want to kind of quickly run through the, the models here from the different planes. So at the very bottom, we have the physical network. Uh, this is going to basically be our underlay or our transport for the logical networks that we are going to be creating inside of OpenStack. Next, we have the data plane services. You can consider this the ESXi hypervisors as the data plane, and then also the NSX edges, which is kind of our on and off ramp 
from physical to logical space. And these are also used as like neutron routers, uh, and you'll see this inside of the demo. So inside of the ESXi hypervisor, we install these kernel-level modules so we can get things like distributed logical routing, uh, distributed firewall. So all of these things are actually happening at the hypervisor level rather than going out to the north-south core router or the north-south firewall. And we can basically provide these distributed services. And when we place this underneath OpenStack, OpenStack can take advantage of those. Okay? The control plane consists of three NSX controllers. Uh, in my environment, there'll be one just because of the limited resources. Uh, but in a production environment, you'll have three controllers. And they're all active, active, active. And they basically provide the, the control plane for what's happening inside of the data plane. Okay? The management plan, the manager, NSX manager, is our API endpoint. So when OpenStack makes neutron calls, it's going to actually call NSX manager, which is going to be which is going to push the configuration down into the different uh, hypervisors. So whether that's going to be a logical switch or distributed firewall rules, that's going to actually go through NSX Manager. Okay? And at the top, we have OpenStack. And, and I'll be demoing VMware Integrated OpenStack. Um, and we'll demo the deployment. And then we'll demo a three-tier application uh, deployment as well. Okay? So the network workflows within NSX. So we went over the different components, and so this is what I'm actually going to show inside of the demo. Okay? So inside of this, when I go into OpenStack, I'm going to create a web logical switch. I'm going to add two web uh, VMs onto that. And to note, all the VMs are completely blank. So I'm actually going to use CloudInit inside of OpenStack to pull their configuration and give the VM their identity. So all of these images are going to be used with the default Ubuntu image that comes uh, with VIO. And then I'm going to use CloudInit and some scripts to actually give them the identity through the heat template. And all the this heat template is on my GitHub. So if you want to go to MVP Nathan, you can download this uh, heat template that I'm going to be demoing here shortly. Next, I'll provision an app logical switch. Again, I'm going to do this as the app tier. This is actually going to install WordPress. My web tier is an Nginx, so it's going to, Nginx is going to act as a reverse proxy. Then I'm going to install a, a database uh, network, which is going to uh, install a VM there, and it's going to install MySQL. Okay? On top of that, after the networks are provisioned, we have Layer 2 connectivity between the different tiers, but we have no Layer 3. We're also going to create security groups on the fly as well. So I'm going to create a database uh, security group, an app security group, and a web security group so they can all talk to each other and provide that micro-segmentation between the different tiers. Uh, I could provision this all on one flat network and provide the same micro-segmentation. Uh, just because I'm using the distributed firewall, we don't care if it's on a different segment or not. Um, it could be provisioned all on the same network uh, and act just the same. Obviously, I'm going to need L3 connectivity between this, so I'm going to provision a neutron router. Uh, this is going to give me, one, not only connectivity between the different tiers, but it's also going to give me external connectivity so I can actually access the application and also test my application as well. Okay. Then I'm going to assign a floating IP for the load balancer. So this is going to be using uh, what's called load balancing as a service through NSX and uh, VMware Integrated OpenStack. So it will provision a load balancer, and it's going to load balance between Web 1 and Web 2. Um, one more slide here on just the security groups because, you know, this is pretty important. So when we look at security groups inside of Neutron um, and inside of Horizon here, this is just a screenshot of Horizon OpenStack, these get translated into distributed firewall rules inside the NSX distributed firewall. Okay, so we provide that isolation, the micro-segmentation. Uh, OpenStack is natively multi-tenant. Um, and we provide that with the NSX distributed firewall. So you do get the stateful firewall if you're using NSX with OpenStack. Okay. So those are all the slides I have. And then uh, the rest of the time we'll spend doing some demos here. So uh, if there's any questions, please let me know. Yep. Um, let me see. I don't see... I do actually see a question. It's okay. from Graham Mitchell. It says, how much of all this is part of the Enterprise Plus licensing? So VMware Integrated OpenStack, the distribution, is, will be included. If you have a vSphere Enterprise Plus license, uh, we don't charge anything for VMware Integrated OpenStack as a distribution. Uh, we do charge for support. 
So if you if you want support for your OpenStack distribution, it's two hundred dollars a CPU. All right. Okay. And then uh, NSX would would uh, be purchased separately. That, obviously, that doesn't come with the Enterprise Plus license. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. And I see a couple. Let's see everything in the slide below. OpenStack in the slide is a separate product. Okay. Thanks. So. I think I think uh, Graham got answered, uh, but basically you do have to have NSX uh, support, maybe extra, but the actual VIO is included with the license. That's correct. Awesome, and I have to thank okay. you because this explanation has been very enlightening. So looking forward to the demo. Okay, so uh, hopefully everyone can see uh, the web client. Ariel, can you see the web client? Yes, sir. Okay, good. So what I'm going to walk through now is kind of the prereqs uh, if you were to go download this and uh, install it. So there's a there's a couple of different things that'll make your life a lot easier. Uh, and if you just pay attention here, you'll you'll understand kind of the prereqs on how to set it up, and it'll make the deployment a lot easier. Okay. So uh, here I'm going to deploy with NSX, and this is going to be, if you were to go onto my VMware, this is that V app that you will download. So if you were to download the OVA, uh, you're going to deploy it in what's called a management cluster. And this management cluster will consist of three hypervisors. Uh, the reason for this is we deploy a completely scaled out production-ready OpenStack. So there'll be three database servers, two controllers, so on and so forth. And it's actually going to create anti-affinity rules inside of your vSphere cluster so that the three database servers can, you know, never live on the same host. So if, you, if a host dies, you know, obviously you're not going to lose three database servers or so on and so forth or two controllers. So we try to make it as highly available and as resilient as possible. The second piece of the three hosts is we also require three data stores for that as well because the three database servers will not only go on to uh, three different hypervisors, but they'll go on to three different uh, data stores, okay? So inside your management cluster, you'll have three hosts with three shared data stores. Once you install the VMware integrated OpenStack VF and turn it on, um, you're going to go into the web client and you're going to see a new icon appear called VMware integrated OpenStack, okay? So I'm going to quickly run through the, I think it's important to run through the NSX prerequisites and then we'll jump in into the deployment. So here I've actually linked, deployed NSX Manager and linked it to my vCenter here. And then there, it becomes very simple to, uh, from a prereq perspective for this because we actually deploy this, um, uh, we actually deploy this and say, we only go up to a certain point which is installing the transport zone. Right, so I have one controller here, and again, I'm, I should have three controllers here in a production environment. I have my NSX manager. My host preparation will be compute cluster and edge cluster. Those will need to be prepped. And then uh, my logical network preparation, I'll need my, uh, a transport zone installed, okay? And then I'll have a segment ID, which is going to say, this is basically just VLAN IDs, which will be 5,000 through 5,099. It can be any type of segment IDs for the consumption of the neutron networks. Uh, and that's all you'll need to be, uh, need set up for your uh, VMware integrated OpenStack, because you actually select the transport zone uh, during the deployment, okay? So once you have that icon, you power on your VApp, you'll have the icon, you'll click on it, and you'll see uh, a basic task called deploy uh, OpenStack. So once you click on that, you're going to run through a 13-step wizard, and this is going to, again, ask you that series of questions, and at the end, you're going to click finish, and it's going to kick off the deployment, okay? So I'm just going to load a template here so you don't have to watch me um, type in a bunch of IPs. So the first thing is, is you're going to name the deployment. You can name it whatever you'd like, and then you're going to um, put in the vCenter where you deployed the OpenStack management server, and then authenticate to that. So I'm going to authenticate to the vCenter. If you have a valid certificate, you don't have to hit ignore, uh, but it will try to validate the certificate. Okay? So the first question it's going to ask you is, where do you want your OpenStack control plane? And in this particular case, obviously, you're, you're going to want your OpenStack control plane in the management cluster. This is where those three hosts are going to reside, the three data stores, and so you'll just Click the checkbox there of where you want uh, the control plane to land. Click Next. 
Next, you'll, you'll select the different networks for the control plane. So this is actually where that control plane is going to land. So the first one is going to be the management network. I think everyone's fairly familiar with this, but if you're not, you can click on these little eyes here. Uh, you know, it'll give you a little bit of information of what uh, this network is for. And then you can also click on the eyes over here and say how many IPs are required. And this does need to be a contiguous range, right? So I'm going from 170 to 189. And a min minimum of 18 uh, IP addresses are required for this. So this is going to be the IPs for the different control plane components, like the database servers and the control controllers and memcache and message queue. Uh, subnet, gateway, DNS, that's all pretty self-explanatory. The next network is my API network. So we, can, we deploy two load balancers as well. So we load balance both external users and uh, internal services. So if the two controllers, we load balance those, three database servers, so on and so forth. So this is going to be for the external uh, version of this where you can say, I only need two IPs here because these are the different, the two load balancer IPs. So you only need two IPs for the API network because they're actually going to be for the load balancer's uh, IP address. And then subnet gateway DNS. Again, that's self-explanatory. What this is going to do is validate uh, your IPAM solution. Hopefully, it's not an Excel spreadsheet. So if you have any IPs that are in use already, it will check that. So it's essentially going to do an nmap on every single one of those IPs that you typed in. It also does uh, a reverse lookup uh, on this host name. So if I change this to something incorrect uh, and try and hit next, it's going to error out and say 192.168.0.100 does not resolve to vio.corp.locar. Right, so I'll just correct that again. So again, it's the deployment's trying to make it as, uh, you know, as successful as possible here when, when you're deploying this. So it'll validate here. It'll, go, it'll be a success this time. The next thing I need to add is my uh, next Nova Compute cluster. So this is going to actually be, for those that don't, aren't familiar with OpenStack, this is actually where tenants are going to actually place instances. So when a tenant logs into OpenStack and deploys a VM, it's going to land in this compute cluster. So you'll need your first compute cluster deployed at the time of deployment of OpenStack. So here I'm just going to add Nova cluster. I'm going to say compute cluster one and say next. Nova data stores. So like I said in the presentation, so any data store that shows up here, I'm using NFS. Uh, but if there is, you know, uh, VMFS or vSAN here, I could select those data stores as well. And again, this is just a checkbox. So it's, if it shows up as a data store, you're allowed to select it. If uh, you only want to do one at this time, I could select uh, another one as a day two item, and it will actually automatically deploy it, restart the appropriate services for you, change the comp file. So it's really nice and from a day two perspective as well. Glance data stores is the same thing. I'm just going to add my Glance data stores. This is where my OpenStack images are going to be stored. Okay? So I will select the first one because VIO does come with a default Ubuntu 14.04 image, uh, and this is where it will land here on NFS01. So I will select my first Glance data store as well. Networking, uh, to answer the person's question on the phone, there is actually two modes for networking. You can use the virtual distributed switch. Uh, it's very limited. Basically, that slide of network workflows, none of those will work uh, because those are all done through NSX through dynamic provisioning, right? So you can use what's called provider-backed VLANs with the VDS, but it's mainly meant for uh, very small, small uh, like POCs or just testing out the deployment. Uh, we don't have a lot of deployments with uh, using VDS because it's so limited. So here I'll authenticate to NSX Manager. And then I'm going to select that transport zone that I showed you uh, prior. Okay? And then I'm going to select my edge cluster. And this is one of the clusters that you saw in vCenter. This is where actually it's going to pre-populate a bunch of NSX edges for consumption for neutron routers. And you'll see that in, in the next environment here. And then I can select the virtual distributed switch and my first external network. And I can click Next. So we support both Active Directory and the internal Keystone database here. So if you want to choose Active Directory as an authentication mechanism for OpenStack, you're certainly allowed to, and you can use uh, SSL or non-SSL. Non uh, for time purposes, I'm just going to use uh, local Keystone. Configure a syslog server. You really can't um, operationalize OpenStack without one. Uh, the amount of logs that OpenStack spits out, and I'll, and I'll show that in the next environment here. So uh, here you'll actually point to your syslog server. This can be Splunk. This can be Log Insight. Uh, in this environment, it will be Log Insight. 
and we do have a contact pack for it, which I'll show you here. And so this will be validated as well. Uh, customer experience program, and see this loading screen here. This is actually checking the management cluster uh, for a couple of things. So when you get to this point, this is where you'll know whether you're successful in your prereqs because it's checking to see if you have three hosts, if you have three data stores, uh, again, if you have vMotion enabled on the cluster. So it checks all those things to make sure that you have the management cluster set up properly. Uh, and if the loading screen goes away, you can hit finish and it will start deploying the OpenStack deployment. Okay? So this takes about uh, anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes depending on the speed of your storage. Okay? So you'll see a little progress bar here. It'll go from you know, 1 to obviously uh, 100 and then they'll say running. So if we look at our vSphere environment now, you can see that it's quite changed and, and there's lots of stuff going on here. So it's now created this resource pool with the control plane. Um, and it's going to actually deploy each one of those VMs, uh, such as the uh, compute node, the controller, the databases, the load balancer, memcache, object store, and the message queue. And so once those are all powered on, uh, it will run through a series of playbooks and give the compute driver its identity, controller its identity, um, through the OpenStack template. Okay. So this is the function of this OpenStack template because this is the template that gets cloned for the control plane. All right. So this does not need to be powered on. It, even if you just power on the V app, the OpenStack template will never be powered on. So think of the management server as like the vCenter for your v VMware integrated OpenStack control plane. Right. So this will do all of your day two items, uh, and I'll show you some of those in the next environment. Uh, we're not going to wait for this to deploy. Uh, it'll Again, this takes around anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes, uh, depending on the speed of your storage. So this, just let this go through. Once it's done, you can actually open up a new tab and go to the URL that you type in or the IP that you use for the, the VIP, uh, and you'll be uh, prompted for a login for Horizon. So that's what we'll show uh, in the next environment. Okay? So I'll pause there for questions before we move on to the next one. Uh, any questions? I, mean, I don't see any questions on the tweeters or in here, but I do have one question from me, uh, just because yeah. I'm very, very new at this. Is there any requirement on OpenStack component versions uh, for, for it to work with VIO, or you basically, most are, most that, are okay? That's a good question. So are you talking like for vSphere versions? Mm, yeah, but also I, I saw that it asks, about some particular uh, OpenStack components uh, in, the, in the installer walkthrough, so I was wondering. Yeah, you know. that's a good question. So for, from a vSphere perspective, we do support 5.5 uh, U3, uh, vSphere 6, uh, 6.0. Uh, I, I believe our, our stack is 6.0 U2, um, but we do support 5.5, and then NSX would be on 6.2.2. And then from a OpenStack perspective, uh, today the distribution is based upon Kilo. So when you deploy VMware integrated OpenStack, uh, today you're going you're gonna to deploy Kilo. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yep. Okay. So here um, I'm actually going to show a couple of different things. So let's see, how much time do we have? I'm going to kick off a deployment here real quick, actually. So I'm going to log into my uh, home lab environment here. Can everyone see me logging into OpenStack? Yes. Okay. So what I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to show you kind of this blank canvas, right? So OpenStack is kind of a different consumption method where uh, as a developer or as a member, there's basically two roles in OpenStack. There's member and admin, and I'm logged in as a uh, member right now. And so as you can see, this is kind of the, the network topology screen. It, it shows you what you have deployed, and, I, and I've uh, deployed nothing in this environment here. So what I'm going to do is kick off a, a heat template uh, from my GitHub account, and it's going to deploy that three-tiered application that I showed you in, in the slide deck. Right? And so this is kind of that blank canvas. So as a member or as a developer, I basically have direct access to infrastructure uh, based upon a set of quotas. So if I look at my quotas here uh, under overview, uh, this is basically what I can consume. So I can have 20 instances, 40 vCPUs, 50 gigs of RAM, but 
the key thing here to remember is I can deploy this however I would like to, to deploy it, right? I can change it up in any cookie cutter fashion. It's kind of like a buffet style for infrastructure. So it's a little bit different consumption model than, than other, other cloud management platforms where typically maybe you have like, you'll log into a self-service portal, you'll see a blueprint there, and you can deploy that blueprint. In OpenStack, I, I have like carte blanche access to the infrastructure, uh, and I can deploy it in any rhyme or reason uh, that I would like. Right, so if I go over to orchestration and stacks, uh, this is actually going to use what's called Heat. And Heat is the orchestration engine for OpenStack. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to grab this uh, URL off of my GitHub. And this is going to be that Heat template that I've built uh, that's going to deploy the compute, network storage, security groups, give the VMs their identity. Like I said, I'm going to use just the, the default image uh, that BIO comes with. So I'll say launch stack here, uh, and then I can point to a file. So if I had this YAML file saved uh, on my desktop or somewhere local, I could, I could easily point to a file. Uh, I could actually paste the entire contents of that inside of this. Um, but I like to just you know, use the URL, and I'll just paste in the, uh, the GitHub URL. And that will pull the URL off of GitHub. And then it's just going to ask me a series of questions that I've defined as parameters uh, inside of my heat template. So I'm just going to name this the brown bag WordPress. I'm going to authenticate my user for heat. And then my application image, this is going to be my app image. So this is going to be for the, the WordPress VM that gets deployed. And, and this Ubuntu 14.04 server AMD64, that is the default image that comes with uh, VIO. Right? And so here's where I can actually name my, my database. Right, so I'll just name the database uh, vbrownbag. And so this is actually going to give the, when it deploys the MySQL server, it's going to actually give this database name to the MySQL server for WordPress. And then I'm going to use the uh, database password. I'm going to set the database uh, user, database image, my external network, which is that blue line that you saw on the network topology screen. And then I can also set the MySQL root password. And then lastly, I'm going to uh, select the web image, which is already uh, set as the default image as well. Once these values and uh, questions have been answered, you can hit Launch Stack. This is actually going to launch the stack and provision all of this infrastructure inside of my OpenStack environment uh, on top of vSphere. So here, if we look at this after it's launched, and I go back to my network topology screen, you can see that it's going to be very, very different because it's going to start provisioning networks, it's going to start provisioning routers inside of OpenStack, uh, so on and so forth. So once we see this start provisioning here, we'll just give this some time. While this is provisioning, I'm going to go ahead and log back into an environment where it is deployed and kind of show you some different things that are um, available with inside of OpenStack. So there's the web network, the app network. It will deploy the DB network here shortly. Um, and then also it will assign subnets. Once the infrastructure pieces are set up, uh, it will deploy the, it will actually create the rule set for it. So the uh, application security group, web security group, DB security group, then it will deploy the VMs and it will grab its uh, identity off of uh, uh, cloud init. Okay. So we'll let that run for just a little bit. That takes about uh, eight minutes start to finish uh, to actually wire all this up, pull all the packages down, give it everything its identity, configure the load balancer, which is pretty good considering in a typical environment, I mean, this may take, you know, three to four days or three to four weeks or, you know, who knows how long, right? So this is uh, in eight minutes, you have uh, compute network storage and an application on top of uh, a blank VM. Uh, it's not a bad uh, timeline. But while that's deploying here, let's, uh, I want to kick off to, you know, one of the other environments where I have the exact same template deployed. Uh, and kind of show you some different operational tools if you have, if you're familiar with uh, vRealize um, operations or log insights, right? So here, if we look at the network topology screen, you can see that it's uh, completely deployed uh, where I have the, the web VMs and app VMs across the, my environment. So my home lab will look uh, like that here shortly. Uh, but this is a completed uh, environment here where I have two web servers, a database server, and then an app server. So what's pretty neat about this is not only the, you know, that's deployed on vSphere, we get to take advantage of things like DRS and HA 
uh, for these different uh, components inside of this. So here we can see our compute cluster now where we have the app DB and web server provisioned inside of our vSphere environment. Um, we also see this from a uh, NSX perspective as well. Okay. So if we go into, let's for instance, the distributed firewall, we can see these firewall rules that were being dynamically created uh, and the rule sets that are going to be dynamically created. Okay. Just wait for this to come up. Yeah, gotta say I'm really loving all that integration and how it, you know, being a, a vSphere administrator, the level yeah, of exactly. automation and scripting and you know, you basically had a text file that said do it, do this, and it just went out and did it. It's pretty awesome. That that is uh that's the power of of heat and and you know to be honest I mean you should be able to point that heat template at uh, any OpenStack environment that's kind of the cool thing about OpenStack as well where you know it's again this is the vendor neutral API you can build heat templates in JSON uh, or YAML uh, mine mine is uh, is built in YAML because I'm always missing a uh, a parentheses in JSON. So, I mean, it just runs through a very, you know, typical resources where it's creating a web network, creating a web subnet, and then it does all those references here. So, uh, but it's it, very powerful, uh, Heat is, and it, you know, integrates uh, very well with vSphere when you're, when you're using it. But, so back to the firewall rule set. So here's these database security group. Let's just take this one for an example, and then we'll, we'll move on. Um, so I'm creating a database security group. Uh, if we click on this, you can see that my database instance was added to this, right? And so this was all dynamically created through Heat as well. But here's kind of the interesting piece is where I can say, uh, for my source and destination, like everything is allowed out for my database server to go grab packages like MySQL. I could lock it down if I, if I wanted to and really provide that true micro-segmentation or even zero trust. Um, but here, I'm allowed nothing back in except for the app tier. So now I can say my app instance is only allowed to talk to my database server uh, over 3306, right? So I'm providing that micro-segmentation from a not everyone can get to my database server. In fact, the only thing that can get to the database server in this case uh, is the um, app instance over uh, MySQL, right? Same thing with uh, the, the web tier, right? So only the web tier can talk to the, uh, the application tier. So we're providing that micro-segmentation within OpenStack uh, through heat. The next piece that I wanted to kind of touch on is, you know, it's, it's one thing to deploy OpenStack and then it's another thing to operationalize it. So what we have here is I'm actually monitoring the entire control plane uh, through vRealize operations. So I can actually see if my OpenStack control plane services are going down. For instance, if Nova Compute was down, uh, I would see this turn red. Right, so I can see that my Nova Compute service is healthy from uh, health risk and efficiency, if anyone's familiar with VROps or VCOPs, uh, as it used to be called. But again, it's kind of the true power of saying, all right, if my VM doesn't deploy, where do I go look? So this kind of gives you a global view of how your OpenStack control plane is behaving. Um, and you, know, you, can, you can do the same thing from a network services perspective, uh, storage as well. Uh, and this is all done through a management pack for OpenStack, and you just add that into VROps, point it at your VMware integrated OpenStack deployment, and you can see these uh, type of details. The next ones are, you know, you can see like from an OpenStack compute infrastructure, it's actually monitoring the Nova compute cluster, so it gives you a narrowed down view of actually what is only related to OpenStack. So for instance, if you had a vCenter with, you know, numerous clusters in there, uh, I only want to see what's relevant to OpenStack, and th that's what this is doing. This is, you'll see, um, you know, compute cluster one, which is monitoring my two hypervisors inside of that compute cluster, and I can see that I have, you know, zero issues inside of that. It is monitoring uh, NSX as well. So here you can see that the controller here, if we click on this, it's got a warning. So you can see that my controller resource usage is high. So again, this is kind of a scaled down environment where I can say, hey, I can, but it gives you a very high level dashboard of what's happening inside my cloud environment. So uh, it gives you that compute network storage uh, point of view. Uh, the next one I want to check, uh, show you is the object path. And this is from an NSX point of view where I say, uh, I want to see the end-to-end -end connectivity between uh, two VMs that are deployed inside of my uh, heat stack. So I want to find two VMs that are on different hypervisors so it doesn't just show me. Uh, so there, so my web and app. 
Okay, so let's do uh, web and app. Those, are, those two are on different hypervisors. So let's just do an object path between them. So here if we uh, just look at web and do web instance 01. So if I click on that, then I can just click on app, and that will go to my second instance, and I can click on app instance 01. What this will show me is kind of the end-to-end -end view, not only from a logical perspective, but from a physical perspective as well. So if I had SNMP inside of this, this would show me the end-to-end -end, uh, between the two hypervisors and also my physical network. Right, so this becomes, and then also the health in between that. So I can see that this, uh, this web instance is powered on, that one's healthy, my logical switch that was uh, powered on is, is, or that was created is healthy as well. Uh, here's the application router. Uh, a lot of these are, are false positive, so if you see orange here from a risk perspective, uh, OpenStack doesn't necessarily turn on a lot of features. NFX has lots of features, but Neutron is, you know, the, kind of the basic L2, L3 load balancing. Uh, so it doesn't have HA turned on, so that's going to be an alert there as well. So this is meant for, like, if this is in production, hey, you should probably turn HA on. Uh, but OpenStack environments are typically torn up and uh, torn down uh, relatively quickly. Uh, if we move on to the next one here, you can actually see the OpenStack tenants dashboard. And this is, you can actually see from a tenant perspective what they've deployed. So from, if I'm a vSphere admin and I, I want to see what, project one's deployed and, and is being used from a quota perspective, here I can see that three-tiered application as well uh, from a high-level view. So I can see that they have used 40% of their quota for uh, instances, they've used 20% of their vCPUs, and they've used 16% uh, for their uh, RAM that's allocated to them. And then here I can see, again, the, the uh, web instances here. If I want to expand this node, I can go ahead and expand it and say, hey, what NSX edge is this connected to, and see the, the router that it's connected, and see the health of that as well. So it becomes very powerful, and the more projects I have inside of OpenStack, you'll see the different projects inside of that, and it kind of gives you that bird's eye view of uh, what's happening within that project. Okay? Any yeah. questions here? That has to be really handy when you have a bunch of clients, right? It's pretty cool. Uh, let me... Let me yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is uh, probably one of my favorite dashboards here because it can quickly narrow down. You can just ask them, hey, you know, uh, what project are you a part of? I'm, pro I'm project one. And you can just go inside of this and say, all right, let's click on project one and see what's happening inside of the environment. So yeah, very, very powerful from a visibility perspective and, you know, finding that uh, needle in a haystack. Okay. Yep. No questions. Go ahead. Okay. So log insight is the last uh, component there. So log insight is uh, uh, basically a syslog aggregator where we can say, you know, pump all the logs from VMware Integrated OpenStack, and it gives you this kind of this nice view of what's happening from the different projects. So here you can actually narrow down if I uh, don't want to see any de debug logs, you can just click on that, or info logs, I can click on that as well. And then this gives me kind of the narrowed down view of the different projects. If I don't want to see Neutron or Cinder or Glance logs, Right? I can just narrow down to what's happening within Nova, for instance. And here I can say, all right, let's see what's happening within Nova. I can go ahead and say, go to Interactive Analytics, and it's actually going to spit out that log data that's now associated with that. Okay? And so this is actually going to say, you know, what logs were associated. Obviously, there's not very many here. Um, but, you know, it gives you a, a good troubleshooting view, and it also gives you a point of view where you can actually narrow down to the different projects within OpenStack uh, and count the logs as, as well uh, that's happening between them. So I can actually go down to uh, Keystone and see what's happening within Keystone uh, or Nova and kind of just drill down inside of that and say, all right, what's, what's going on inside of my OpenStack uh, environment? Okay. The last thing from a day two perspective, uh, we do a lot of day two things. Like I said, that, that management server that we deploy, uh, you can do a lot of different things from a day two perspective inside the web client, like update the syslog server that you're going to point to. If I've uh, deployed a different syslog server, I can, I can come in here and it'll point, and it'll actually go into every single control plane VM and automatically change it, restart our syslog for you. You can change the passwords of NSX and vCenter. Uh, you can deploy Solometer. Uh, networks, this is going to be used for upgrades, uh, which we'll get to here in a second. Nova Compute, if I add, uh, let's say, Compute Cluster 2 inside my environment and I want to add that into my OpenStack environment, 
Uh, it's literally just a, a plus sign and a next, next finish uh, ex exercise. This will actually deploy a new Nova Compute VM that manages that cluster. Uh, if those of you familiar with OpenStack, uh, typically there's Nova Compute that runs on every single hypervisor. In a vSphere environment, there's one Nova Compute VM that uh, controls the entire cluster. So if I were to log in as an admin inside of OpenStack, you'll see one Nova Compute and one big hypervisor, even though I have two hypervisors inside of that. What that allows us to do is actually take advantage of maintenance mode inside of vSphere where I can shut down uh, or migrate live VMs off of the different hypervisors, upgrade them, patch them, do rolling upgrades. Uh, that's certainly all possible without taking any downtime from my tenants, which is, you know, obviously important. Okay. Uh, Nova Storage, if you want to add more Nova Storage for your instances, again, it's just a plus sign. Uh, you'll add it into ESXi. Again, we support uh, VMFS, uh, NFS, and vSAN, and you can add that into the appropriate uh, compute driver. Same thing with Glance uh, Storage. If you're running out of image stores, uh, you can add a, another data store in, in for that as well. The same process applies. So updates, uh, we support updates. You can, you can think of VIO as, as, a, as an appliance from VMware. We provide patches, security patches. We patch the control plane. Um, but more bigger than that, we actually provide upgrades as well. So we can actually upgrade from, for instance, we're on VIO 2.0, uh, but we do support an upgrade from VIO 1.0 to 2.0, which is a feat in itself. If anyone's read up on OpenStack upgrades, uh, they're, they're very much a challenge. Uh, so we do support uh, in-place upgrades. Uh, it will be a, we use the blue-green method for upgrading the OpenStack control plane. Um, we will prov uh, provide a migration. You can do rollbacks. Uh, pretty much any time during the, during the upgrade process, um, but we do support upgrades for OpenStack. And lastly, we, do, we support Horizon regions. If you're linking to uh, VMware Integrate OpenStack control planes together for different regions, it'll do a, a Horizon change where you can actually log into either region uh, that you've selected. Okay? So lots of day two items that you can do as well. Um, and, you know, any questions there from an OpenStack perspective from, uh, from day two? Uh, we actually do have a question. Is, um, and this probably applies to any vSphere-supported uh, storage. Graham Mitchell asks, is vVols, are, are vVols supported for storage? Yeah, so that's a good question. So vVols, I believe, are going to be in the next version uh, for, for VMware integrated OpenStack. Awesome. Okay. Any others? Um, nope. It does seem that he says thanks, but no. Okay. All right. So I'm just going to make a quick change here. So this looks done. If we go to, this is back to my home lab. If uh, people are um, getting confused on how many demo environments I have. But I thought it'd be good to kind of show as, as much as possible in, uh, in an hour session. <clears throat> so this is the, that demo environment that I, that I left uh, to show you some of the day two operations tools. So here you can see it's complete, um, but now I want to actually see you know, what happens uh, during that. So here is all of the different components inside of my heat template, uh, but I want to go to overview. And why I want to go to overview is because I want to see uh, the different outputs. And so here I'm actually going to go to uh, my outputs are the VIO brownbag.ddns.net um, and then 71.254 here. So just give me one second. And I'm going to try and... So here, I'm just going to go ahead and go to this IP, because I, I don't want to waste any more time, because we only have a couple of minutes left. But typically, what I do is I open up my firewall to that 71.254 and uh, change it. But I'm just going to go to this, uh, the NSX load balance IP. That's the other output I have. And so I'm going to open up a new tab here and click on that, or uh, go to that, and it's going to send me to that WordPress URL. So here I can just type in vbrownbag as my site title, uh, say admin here, and install WordPress. 
Okay. So now, uh, you know, we have uh, a running WordPress installation. Again, this can be, you know, this is an example of just deploying a three-tier application from scratch uh, from compute network and storage. Um, but, you know, it really shows you the power of orchestration and the power of, uh, you know, using APIs and, and application templates to, to deploy infrastructure. Right, if we, and, and again, what I, what I ask you guys to do is like, well, you know, how long does this take in your environments, to, you know, to deploy this compute network storage, uh, security groups? If we want to look at the security groups, we can go to access and security and say, these database security group, web security group that I showed you in the distributed firewall, you know, these are all going to be, you know, all, these were all dynamically created within the heat template. So again, if anyone wants the heat template, it is uh, on my GitHub. So there, and there's several other uh, heat templates as well. So if you want to go there, check them out. You can test them out, use them, deploy VIO, and, and use them in your own VIO deployment. That's pretty uh, cool. that, That's all I have, Ariel. Yeah, no, it, it's it's amazing how much how much is included in the heat template because it even goes into the VMs and sets up, you know, the databases and and all these passwords. And you know, we we saw it live here that a new WordPress site came up. That's awesome. So I really uh, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say I really appreciate everyone's time and uh, and participation in here. And if uh, if anyone has any questions, just please please reach out to me at uh, NS at VMware or on Twitter at MVP Nathan. Awesome. I do have one question uh, from Graham, and it's um it's probably just a general NSX question. Uh, he okay. Says, how good are the NSX load balancing services compared to something like an F5? And you know, this, this is a, a wide question, so feel free not yeah. to answer it in depth. No, 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 it's a good question. So, um, so underneath Neutron, um, in in this instance here, we support everything that Neutron supports in this. Well, this is going to this is LBAS version one for from Neutron. Uh, so the NSX load balancer supports everything that that the Neutron um, spec supports. Right. So, but if, if we're let's just say we're not using OpenStack for for a second and we're just using vanilla NSX, it does support a lot more sitting outside of that context. But it is certainly not like the Cadillac of F5 or you know if I have um, let's say an application with with a bunch of iRules, that's probably not going to be a good fit uh, for for an NSX load balancer. Right. We do support application rule sets in a in a in a, in a limited fashion. Uh, not, not obviously to the extent of F5. Uh, so, it, you know, it really depends on the use case. I guess would be would be the question. Uh, the the best thing to do is, would be to get with your NSX SE and say, all right, here's my use case, here's my application, this is what I'm doing today. Uh, would the NSX load balancer be good with that? Or you know, they'll tell you yay nay um, based upon the the application. Yep. All right. Well. I think we've all learned a lot. I really appreciate your time. Um, the presentation was excellent. We're getting a lot of very positive comments. We really appreciate it. If, in case you want to give out any other contact information for your Twitter or your GitHub. But I think uh, we're done. Yeah, no, just uh, MVP Nathan and uh, the GitHub is uh, MVP Nathan as well. So go test out those heat templates and uh, let me know how it goes. Excellent. I'll start the recording right now. Thank you so much, and thank you for everybody that attended. Thank you. Thanks, Nathan.